Hi, I'm Maria Theharis or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organized Style Podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sellers from all walks of life. So over 50 intersects with all sewing communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Our focus is the sewing talent each person shares on social media and providing recognition of their willingness to share their skills, whether a beginner or an experienced sewist. Rhonda or Anarchy Quilter is today's Sober 50 podcast guest. Thank you for inviting me into your home today, Rhonda. Absolute pleasure. Australia is a large country, but Rhonda and I have met each other before in real life. Yeah, at Frocktails and Glorious event, wasn't it? Yeah, the Melbourne one's really fun. It's the first time I'd actually been. I wanted to go so many times. It was so good. And would you go again? Definitely. Got it penciled in. I don't know whether I'm going to take my husband, but we'll see. That was fun as well. Not that he sews, but he wore all my me made, so I thought that counted. It did. You both looked smashing. We had so much fun. He so wanted to go because he was just so curious. What is this all about? And he has a good giggle at some of the mad things I do. I think he's a little bit proud of me too, which is is nice. Oh, great. So it would have answered some of the questions in his mind about what you do. What was his feedback to you after the night? He said that some of the women were really supportive, particularly some of the younger women were really, it seemed to be really thrilled that men were game to go as well. But he thought that some of the older women were definitely giving him the message that men were not allowed. Wow. Yeah. And him and Stan, who's my friend Sandra's husband, because we decided to do it together, me and Sandra, and we're like, well, she'll take the boys because they'll both love this because they like a bit of attention, to be fair, <laughs> and they're both pretty chatty. Yeah. So they just had a ball, but that was their feedback as well. Oh. But there are a few guys that actually are sewers, so we should welcome them. I agree. Anybody who sews is welcome. Yeah. So, you know, Pete and I have been married for 30 years, so he's been putting up my sewing and all that time, my obsession, passion, whatever you call it. But, you know, he knows it's a big part of my life, so he likes to join in sometimes. So that gets us to our first question about how you apply sewing in your life. It is a bit of therapy. It's a bit of relaxation. So I've had a busy day. I set things up, just little jobs that I can do so that when I come home a bit tired and just need to relax and do something, I'll just do that thing. So there's no prep time. Today, I just had my quilting machine. I'm halfway through a wearable art quilted coat. It is due to go into, hopefully it'll get accepted for the exhibition I'm making it for. That was on my quilting frame and I got on my quilting machine and did a bit of free motion quilting and just loved it. It was so good because I've got a stain and a proper long arm. Your exhibit that you just dropped a hint about, what's that going to be about and when? Well, it is Australasian Quilt Convention and that's the start of it. This one's going to go into what they're calling the Australian Quilt Show and there's lots of categories. And it's only started last year and I did enter and get a piece in last year, but it was a quilt. So this is going into the recycle reuse category. 
So you're allowed to recycle a quilt and make it into wearable art. And I was just so excited when I worked this out because I thought, beautiful, two things. And I immediately went and found a quilt that I'd made seven years ago that's been languishing in the cupboard and I've dyed it. And one of those dial-on machine washable dyes, it, it did fluff everywhere, it got holes in it. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, it looks more recycled. <laughs> and it's beautiful because it's sort of there's some pattern fabrics but the different colors of fabrics kind of take the dye on to different degrees you know you get a really interesting effect and then on the back I am appliqueing and doing a bit of couching and it's sort of about cockatoos and flowers and it's got massive pockets this coat the patchwork is going to be on the pockets on the outside and it's fully reversible so I'm so excited about it good I will finish it and I have entered in the proper art quilt challenge one. I've already finished and put a quilt in for in full bloom is the challenge this year and my one is roses have forms. People might have seen on the internet in the, on my Instagram account in amongst all my various dressmaking things. Like lately, we've had a couple of family weddings, so that means new dresses and shirts for my husband and ties. So I made my daughter and I new dresses and I've made a bag to match. Oh. We just had a fabulous time. (laughs) So it's all good fun. Like, oh, she was really pleased with her. She's fussy and, you know, she's gorgeous. But And the quilt's her portrait too. You can be obsessed with your daughter and just think you're wonderful, can't you? Of course you can. So I made her this backless little dress because I thought it was so cool. Covers up all the neckline and just that back view. And she was so excited because she's like, you will see some of my rib tattoo, mum. I'm like, okay, I didn't know you had one, darling. (laughs) Obviously, sewing is a lifelong obsession of yours. So when did you start sewing? Well, very early on, I think even before I was 10, I was sewing clothes for Barbie dolls. I moved on to sewing clothes for me basically when I went to secondary school. So I was quite young when I went to secondary school. I was 11 and just like the apron we had to make for home ec class. We had a little check and I had a cow embroidered on the front because I'm from a farm, you know, we had cows. And my name, that was excellent. And then I made a shirt, short sleeve shirt in year eight. And that was Nobody was making shirts, but the teacher said I could make whatever I wanted and I wanted to make a shirt and she was so thrilled, I think, Mrs Smith, I still remember. I don't know whether I did much garment construction after that because I did maths and science and really serious subjects in senior school. And then I just kept sewing. Luckily, I'm a chemical engineer. We had to do like work experience uh, over summer. I did work experience in Burnie, Tasmania. I went over there. And we all stayed in residence of us engineers were sharing with the foresters. They were working on the forestry plantations. We worked at the paper mill. When I came back to see my family for Christmas, I'm like, Mum, I need to take the sewing machine. And she's like, Rhonda, really, you can't? I said, I've got spare time. I can't come home for weekends. I can't go anywhere, really. There's nowhere to go. And I get bored and I'm only working. I'm not studying. So there's nothing for me to do. And so I took the sewing machine, had to pack it up. And we had to fly back on this small plane because at that time, that was, when was that? Late 80s. So 
airline strikes and stuff. So it was really hard to, like I had to take the boat to get over there, but I didn't handle the boat very well. So I flew back <laughs> and I didn't have it at uni, but every time I came home, I just sewed on mum's sewing machine. She got upset because the Janome, she brought it brand new and I've used it so much. The feet all wore all the chrome off the feet. They were just down brass and it had little drag lines where the fabric went through on the plate. She was a bit upset. (laughs) (laughs) So this is more than a lifelong hobby. This is obsession more than 101. This is huge, yeah. So when I was on work experience in Tasmania, of course they had great fabric shops. So I went fabric shopping with a little money that I made and made some fabulous outfits and had a great time. (laughs) When I come back, and that's what I used to do when I was on break from uni, go home. So, but my mum is a really hardworking nurse. So frequently she wasn't around to witness this and she really didn't, she didn't really mind as long as I was happy mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing anything much. I was there and dad was, of course, was out dealing with the animals and he either did that or watched the crickets. So what Rhonda did was what Rhonda did. <laughs> and then when I left uni, well, I left uni and pretty directly after that married a guy that I was in and who I'm still married to 30-odd years later, mm-hmm. he did engineering with me and we got married and I got a sewing machine of my very own for a wedding present from my grandma. So a thing I remember shopping for it in Maya when they had sewing machines for sale in Maya. That's a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah. And I sewed with that when my, I had kids fairly shortly after. So my daughter's almost 30. I see everything for them. My sons, there's only 17 months between them. They had matching outfits, like little fleecy numbers. She'd have a dress with all teddy bears over it and he'd had a little pair of pants. And And I can remember sewing because, you know, it was it's pretty chaos having kids. And I do tell people that, yes, I did have one of those big wooden playpens. It was big enough that I could, I worked out I could put me and the sewing machine and the little desk I used to use in the playpen because otherwise the kids would come up and play with the presser foot and interrupt my sewing. So I just (laughs) used to sit in the playpen and they'd be sort of milling around doing what they were doing, creating chaos as kids do or sitting down and watching the telly or playing with their toys or whatever, and I was protected. (laughs) So people are like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe that you could sew and have but yes, you can. Well, you were keeping them safe so that they weren't going to get harmed by the sewing machine and all the things that you use. And they used to love it. You know how kids like to post things? So they used to come up between the rails and just post things to me. And that was great. could do that. So I can talk and sew at the same time, totally. I do that frequently. I have whole conversations with my daughter with you know, the phone on speaker and me sewing and even my mum, mum gets a bit grumpy sometimes. She's like, Ron, are you sewing again? I'm like, yes, mum, you know, I'm always sewing and I can't just have a conversation because that's, you know, stopping my progress. (laughs) (laughs) Because the sewing that you do is quite significant. They're huge pieces. Yeah, and, and I do have, well, I'm supposed to be making bed quilts for my children too and that will happen. It is happening. But I get bored. So, and then I like lately, everyone's asked me to sew stuff. Well, no, I don't think I know how to say no. So, I just made a, a dress for one of my friends, and 
I'm in the halfway through making a little shirt for my sister-in-law who I love to make things through because she's she's just sweetest person and and she just looks good and she loves frills so I love that she loves that so she's fun but I do make a bit of nutty stuff and my daughter of course I make lots of stuff for her. It's good that you've got more than just yourself to sew for and so you can do those other techniques or looks that you wouldn't want to wear, but it's nice to have it on other people. That's right. And I sort of have, I don't have a list and order for things, but I have things that I know I'm going to do, but I don't know when I'm going to do them. So I just sort of have that moment, you know, when I've finished a project and I'm looking for something new where I go, well, what do I feel like making out of that? Sometimes it's it's something's new that's just come up that just has to happen so I'm not reliable for scheduling let's just say this part of the fun of dealing with with my sewing is you just never know what's going to happen so your online name how did you develop it Anarchy Quilter Anarchy Quilter that's right yeah so it started well just before I moved to Anarchy and we brought in I thought Anarchy Quilter that is so fun because you know, you have to put your email on all the backs of your quilts or whatever you're entering. So it was initially it was anarchyquilter at Gmail. And, and then because it's quite, you know, the spelling is A-N-A-K-I-E because it's anarchy, which is near Geelong, mm-hmm. which is I think it's an Aboriginal name. I'm not sure quite what it means, but I think that's where it comes from. And, of course, the quilter, but I just like the fact that, um, yeah, it's got that anarchy as in, I'm a bit anarchist, you know, I don't really follow the rules and I do tend to do what I like and I like to have a little bit of fun, you know, nothing is too serious and my clothes certainly are not serious nor are my clothes. So that's really, it just, I feel it sums me up. I do have a second Instagram account that I did start called Sewing in Narnia, which I thought was hilarious at the time because I was thinking, you know, I should have two separate quilting and sewing Instagrams, but I can't do post to more than one account. It's too hard. And the other one is sort of neglected, but I just love the fact it's there. One day I might be sewing in Narnia. My house is called Narnia ah, because. Because? Yeah, Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe. So I definitely have the wardrobe, you know, the depths of my wardrobe. You could be in another world. It's quite expensive. I have taken over all the wardrobes in the house. But, yes, the wardrobe and my husband, he is the lion. And I have a lion door knocker. Maybe I'm the witch. If you ask the year eights, I'm probably the witch. So you've moved from engineering to teaching. Yeah, I did postgraduate Bachelor of Education. They don't have that degree anymore. But I actually did a combined primary and secondary I'm never very good at primary. It's not my thing. (laughs) So I've always been a secondary school teacher and I teach junior maths and chemistry and a fair bit of senior maths. I actually assess the exams for VCA for senior maths as well. So that keeps me busy in November. Oh, I'm sure it would every year. But I do love the maths as much as I love the sewing. Well, Isn't there a correlation between your love of maths and quilting? Yes, I think that's what really got me. I was quite certain I wasn't going to make quilts, but when I learned that you had to you had to work all the measurements out and all the seams and how your triangles meet, and that got me. 
Not that I do a lot of that these days because I quickly discovered that, you know, it did slow things and this getting the triangle points to meet bit is hard, time-consuming and a bit stressful. So I've definitely quickly moved over to the more artistic expression side of things. It's good. <laughs> are my quilts square? I don't think they even are, but it's difficult. It slows the process. It's more fun to just, you know, create, I think. You told us about how when you were living in Burnie, you were sewing in your spare time because there was a lot of spare time at the time. What started you sewing? Ooh, well, I just like to make clothes to wear for me. And it really did start from those early days, garment construction. My grandma was a sewer too. So she used to make clothes and she did make school uniforms for me. And so I think it's just, I still have that excitement or starting a project, finishing it, putting it on and going, yes, that is just perfect. One of my best friends says, yeah, well, I totally get it. If you went shopping, it would take you, I don't know how long to find something like that. You can put it together in less time than that and, you know, get exactly what you want, which I admit, you know, when you're learning to sew, which, you know, even now I still have learning moments where things don't go my way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not quite right and you do have to work on it a bit, but eventually, you know, you do get that real moment of satisfaction where you've gone, yes, I have really made this and you've just had such a good time. That's how I feel. I just, it's my favourite thing. Can't cook. Well, you know, I have been forced to cook, but it's not not something I choose to do. (laughs) It's always the microwave to reheat food. I'm a reheater. That's how I describe my set cooking. But you can't be good at everything. And when you spend most of your spare time sewing, well, you're going to be good at sewing. Yep, it's true. So you said that you've got two Instagram accounts. Where else can we find you online? Well, I did used to have a blog and I think it's still attached to my Anarchy Quilter thing, but I haven't touched it in years. I keep telling myself that I should write a blog post I do write some long Instagram posts, but that's probably as much as as much as my attention span can manage. Okay. So Instagram only, hey. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's just so instantaneous and you just do it and you move on to the next thing. We'll hear more from Rhonda next week, listeners, as we go into discussing Sober 50, ageism, and our support for Lindy of Stocks Patterns. Now, Lindy is an Australian designer based in Berlin, and we've heard from her on the podcast a few times now, which is great. Lindy and two of her peers are running the Red Dress Challenge this month in support of women, specifically International Women's Day on the 8th of March. The Red Dress Challenge is an optimistic initiative to wear a red dress, making women visible and showing strength and asserting our place in the world with Schweidevier. You can find out more through Stocks Patterns on Instagram. This episode of So Over 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Rhonda, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, please direct message Judith and Sandy at Sober 50 to give them your support for the Sober 50 account. As you know, Judith is undertaking some interesting research that I know you'll want to help her out with. If you have time, also let Judith and Sandy know how you'd like to support Sober 50 behind the scenes this year. 
Sober 50 Live to Sober 50 account with Bird and Molly continues this year. You can subscribe to Soul When I Stole podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. If you are a YouTube person, a library of Soul Organized Style podcasts are being loaded onto the YouTube account with a few visuals to really show you what we're chatting about. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sub 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.